Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Pop culture. Subculture. Music. Horror. Sex. Politics. Art. And overall, overall bad ass. ass. This, this is Society 13. Redefining Podcasting. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. Subculture. And, and overall, overall bad ass. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio with your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave and Sean. Come on, give me a break. Will you, please? Not over your dead body. So Kettle Whistle Radio presents Poppin' Off with John Russo, and I have one of my best buddies in the world here with me right now, Martise. How you doing, Martise? I'm good. Martise from the Pop Off folks, and if you don't know who she is, you're missing out on it, on the best podcast in the world because um, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, we've been trying to get you together here. We got you and April and Jay and uh, Mr. John Russo, the legend. Very excited about that. And Thank you so much for setting this up. Of course. And this is going to be another, what What, what do we call this now? Uh, the Kettle Whistle Radio Pop-Off Crossover. Crossover. Yes, that's how we started. We do like at least two a year, I feel like. It, is it? Oh, God. About. Was, I thought it was once a year, so wow, I'm behind. Or I'm ahead? I don't know what that is. It's been rough. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're up on current events these days. Um, are we just going to cover Mr. Russo tonight? Or do yeah. Do we even get off topic and talk about the uh, Punch Bowl social going downtown? Do you know about that? No. Yeah, where the Civic Arena used to be. Okay. It's becoming the Punch Bowl. So it's going to be, uh, it's bought by guys that uh, know what they're doing. Convention center basically for uh, bars, eatery, arcades, board games, and um, social gatherings for everybody, but it's going to be right there in the hill. Oh, wow. So a challenge. I thought you might have known about that. No. Yeah, I was going to stir the pot with that. That sounds like so much fun. That's a local Pittsburgh thing. But right now, I think we should bring in another local Pittsburgh thing. All right. That sounds good to me. (laughs) I'm ready to go. Bring in Mr. Russo. Okay. Yeah, so where were you guys? (laughs) I left the room for a bit. Music in Hollywood. Oh, my God. Well, we have the soundtrack we're going to hear a little bit of today that John brought over. And, um, uh, well, let's see. The European release. Well, you're talking about my Uncle John is a zombie and the distributors, ITN Films in Las Vegas, and they just started in the distribution with the movie and they started it at the European Film Fest, film Market in uh, Berlin and now they're on their way or, or, or already are at the um, Indochina Film Market, which is in Hong Kong. And so that's what they do. They go to the different markets and they sell the different countries. 
and eventually they'll it'll be back here. They there may be some theatrical distribution, and they'll be selling DVDs, and they'll get them into the WalMarts and all that kind of thing. So we really don't know much about how it's going to perform, uh, or how it is performing yet, and uh, that's that's a constant problem with once you have a distributor it's not the be all and end all of the world okay. well I appreciate that yeah that's once again Jed chiming in which she does every show that's part of the very show. excited yeah she loves John actually <laughs> and you guys and April my god I can't even she loves April and so April went to go feel the dog situation that's what happens here in Hollywood not um, <laughs> So anyway, so we have this soundtrack. We're going to hear some stuff off of it today. Some of it was recorded right here, actually. The vocals were recorded here. Mm -hmm. On uh, I don't know which would be your first choice that we listen to, John. Um, <laughs> I know you're laughing. Well, I enjoy all of them. Well, I wrote the... Uh, when I finished the screenplay, right away I jotted down lyrics for a song called Beat em or Burn em. And, um And when, while we were shooting at the hunting lodge in Clareton Park, um, I said to Solon Sangaris. That's Solon Sangaris, he's a, yeah. He's a musician and an actor as well. As he, well as a writer on our label for Burning Ball Publishing. We have to yeah, let that. We have to get that out there too. <laughs> he was um, he he was an actor in the film, and I said, well, I said, here, take these lyrics and do me an arrangement on this, which he did, and it's very good. So we, it's in the movie. And, and it's also, we edited the preview trailer to that song. Yes. So, and you can see that, you know, on YouTube, or you can go to My Uncle John is a Zombie, and you'll see clips from the movie, and you'll see um, uh, the Beat em or Burn em song and all our tie-in products. We have Uncle John's Wine, which we have some here today. Yes, we do. Yes. And, uh, and uh, we have... Um, soundtrack cd is very good it has a lot of solons music on it it has the one song that i wrote i wrote three songs and the one uh solon did the arrangement for and he recorded it in new jersey uh, with some musician friends of his and then uh right here i i recorded the other two i sing the other two songs one of them's called uncle john's lament and he's he's uh uncle john is thinking about how when he was young and he used to chase the girls and he caught one or two yeah. <laughs> now they all run from him they can't stand looking at his face and he's yeah. still horny and he can't get any <laughs> so that's uncle john's lament and uh, i gotta say he did that in three takes it took three then, takes and you then got i did um, a parody of uh, come go with me the old dell viking song the Dell Vikings were stationed here in Pittsburgh. Yep. They were in the Air Force when they recorded that song. And uh, I looked it up just to find out about the rights and a little bit about the song. You're allowed to do a parody, and I did a parody. That's interesting. <laughs> but uh, it turns out that Rolling Stone picked that song. It's on the Rolling, Rolling Stone magazine list of the best 500 best songs of all time. Wow. Well, wow. It's, it's very catchy. Oh, yeah, to it say is. That. Yes, it but, is. But, I mean, the original's catchy, <laughs> and even the one I did is catchy. Yeah. But I never would have guessed that it 
would get picked as one of the I would have guessed that because I was best I songs here, of all time. I laughed my ass off. You started laughing too at how funny it was, and you could <laughs> the second take, and I was like, "That's really good." You're like, "No, let's do it again," and then you started laughing again. Well, it, it was really good though. The way I love the, to hear those outtakes. The oh, way yeah. it got oh, started, uh, I, I got them. We were Bill Heinzman and Bob Michelucci and I were doing commentary tracks for the 30th anniversary edition of Night of the Living Dead, and I had to. I directed the new scenes and wrote them and so on. George Romero was going to be involved, even though he trashed it later. But um, uh, so we're in we're in Detroit at Anchor Base uh, Studio and we're recording commentary tracks and joking around and laughing. And everybody always says our commentary tracks are are some of the best. So we're just having fun and. I started zom 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 zombie dooby zom 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 zombie dooby zom 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 zombie dooby zom you know well I love you darling I'll make a lunch of you yes my darling I want a munch on you come on darling I want a munch on you wah 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 you know so Heinzman a few years ago he died of cancer i guess about five six years ago but they found natural gas reserves on his farm and he was getting 10 grand a month in royalties and he said you know do you remember when you were doing that zombie doobie song and stuff like that and he said if you would write a script and write more of that kind of music i would finance a movie based on that well, then he got cancer and died, you know, but it was always in my mind that I should do something with that. And then Rob Lucas and Tiffany Sheppis and I, when we're at conventions, we usually are the ones that party all night, you know. Oh, you think? Yeah, and, I know uh, about you. Yeah, been there. And then, and then we sing songs and put our own so-called dirty lyrics to them. <laughs> and... You know, sex is dirty. That's why I never wash below the waist. <laughs> but re really, I don't think any of it's dirty. But, <laughs> you know, like we do things like <laughs> Eleanor Rigby sleeping alone with her dildo at night. <laughs> Something ain't right, Father Mackenzie. Holding the altar boys a little too tight all through the night. All the horny people, that kind of thing, you know. Oh, that, so that's what we do. Oh, my goodness. We do that kind of thing and laugh our butts off and get drunk. So that's uh, the Uncle John movies, a lot of fun for, for all those reasons. Well, how about we give them a taste of that right now? It won't be a taste of what you just said. However, we'll go, uh, what song do you want us to play off that soundtrack right now? Well, the first, the first one in the movie is the Uncle John's lament. Yeah. And and the way I should say, what happens? Yeah. So Sarah French plays this detective that's trying to find out if I'm the one dismembering bodies and chomping on them and all that kind of thing. I want to get her into bed and she wants to shoot me in the head and that even rhymes. That's a song. So Jay, write that down. So anyway, when she arrests me, I'm in handcuffs and she's grilling me and I'm trying to talk her into climbing into the sack with me and I tell her, you know, you're going to like it. You don't even have to look at me, you know. So then she just won't. And so I go, mm -hmm. 
And then the song starts playing. And there's... <laughs> so that's what we're going to go right into. Yeah. Then. Okay. All right. We'll take out. We'll, we'll take it out with that. We'll get right back with Mr. John Russo here. Thanks for listening, folks. And uh, Martise got something to say there. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, make sure that you like me on Facebook, the Pop Off with Martise. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Martise M. All right. Be right back, folks. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here. In the dark, things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories, all bits of the same mysterious puzzle, fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www. FairlyDarkProductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Will you, please? Not over your dead body. When I was young, I chased the girls And I caught one or two in my time But now I'm too slow and they run too fast And they're scared of this face of mine But I still need love and I still like sex all that I readily admit My needs are strong and not too complex And I'll trade tat for tit A roll in the hay is a really good thing And that you should never forget While you're young or you're old or in between You should take all that you can It's time to pop off. 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 And we're back, folks, with Mr. John Russo. Jay, you got something to say? Oh, absolutely. Hey, everybody, it's Jay Asadi. Hey, John, I actually, hey, everybody, if you want to get a chance to get a good book, make sure you get Making Moves by John Russo. Martise um, was kind enough to get that for me. It's a great book. If anybody has any dreams and aspirations about making their own projects, I know I copped it because I have, you know, endeavors I want to go on. John, you talked about how you make projects every couple of years. When you make projects and, you know, you go through all the outtakes and everything like that, how do you know that you're like this is it? Like when you feel like this is it? Like what do you what do you do to sit there and sit there? And you just like 
this is it? Or do you just like, you know, hey, let's go. At, at what stage? During shooting or editing? Well, like when what? it's all done, when you're done with editing and stuff like that, or do you like watch movies and say, I could have did that different? Or like how, like what do you, like what do you feel like you're satisfied that you can move on to the next project? Well, I always know when it's right. Right. I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of people think they can direct movies or write movies or whatever, and most of them are wrong. Right. Most of them can't do it. And most of them that are doing it can't even do it. <laughs> right. You know, in, in Night of the Living Dead was, for instance, shot on a six-to-one ratio, which means there was six times as much film shot as what ended up in the movie. Mm. Okay. Now, you have, and most of the time, you have at least one safety tra take. Yes, so that cuts it down further. A lot of my movies were done on four to one. So that means I'm already editing in my mind. I know how I'm blocking it and what, what's supposed to cut to what. Right. You know, and if I need a master shot, I get that. Then I get the medium or the close up. Or, and I already know how it's going to come together, and I have to know that. Or else I couldn't do the movies on such a low budget. But in what they do, like Woody Allen shoots 25 or 30 to one. And a lot of them do that. Big big name directors will shoot 25 or 30 to one. They shoot every goddamn thing under the sun. <laughs> right. And they dump it on an editor to bail them out. And a lot of times they have very poor judgment. And I mean, sometimes I'm just appalled at how much they don't know. And uh, so, uh, you know, I have, I have a, obviously if I write the script, then I have a concept already when I'm writing it, I'm right. seeing it being shot and what I'm going to do, but it's going to change because um, when you get the actual actors and you get on location, then the actors are, are bright, clever, and talented. Right. And so it needs to be a symbiotic relationship with the director and with everybody else. So, you know, what's... A lot of times I don't even get to scout locations. The, okay. You know, so when I'm there on the location, it might be the first time I'm ever there. And right. I'm there with the actors. And something they do or come up with might change the whole concept of how I'm going to stage it and, and block it. And, and I so I like that book. kind of freedom, and a lot of times uh, that people will babble. Oh, it all starts with the script, and blah blah blah. Right. Yeah, it starts with the script, but you should be creative enough and, and inventive enough to change and make things better while right. you're shooting. Uh, Fellini used to write down scenes on a napkin and while he was having breakfast. Mm -hmm. So. He, I like to work with that kind of freedom. Right. And Tom Savini you know, said that in your book. He said that yeah. you're one of the best directors to work with because you're big on, like, improvising. I mean, not too mm. much because you like to still guide, but he said you still, you know, you give people a certain look that they're like, okay, let me take this a little bit further. And then just hearing like that, you know, you like to, you know, improvise and, and you know, get that creative energy and stuff like that. Yeah, but when you improvise, it has to be kept within the framework of what right. you, your overall concept you know, you don't usually change the overall concept. Okay. But in the case of the Uncle John movie, we lost so much shooting weather time, and then we had people get cancer, and we had all mm. kinds of things. So, yes, uh, but I always figure 
for the shooting time that I have, I'm going to get the best that I can. Right. And if the edit turns out to be 70 minutes instead of 90 minutes, well, it's the best 70 minutes that I have. Right. And then I'll figure out how to deal with the rest of that screen time. So our first cut was 72 minutes, and it was working pretty well. And we lost like one key scene I still wish I had mm. but then Rob Lucas had it in LA and he was showing it to people and they were saying Rob called me up and he said well everybody here is saying the Uncle John character is the best thing in the movie right and I'm I agree like, with that I love, yep. I love the movie absolutely I love agree with that but I don't just buy into that you know right. and I'm, he had to uh, because I don't until until everything's done and I see it with an audience and I gauge the reactions, then I might start to believe that we have something. Right. You know. And although while we were shooting, I came in one day at, at, at the Clareton Park location and I said, "I'm getting a, a feeling about this picture, the way it's happening. I think we're really we're really going to end up with something good here." But then we got the weather things and all that. Right. But that, but still, the actors and everybody was working so much together, and it was, there was a, it, the stuff was having a charisma about it. Right. So then Rob gets on the phone and he's telling me how people were reacting and all that stuff, and he he actually got mad because I wasn't raw raw, you know. Jack, you're funny. I'm telling <laughs> you're funny. God damn it. Then I said, well, if that's true, then we can really rescue this movie. And then I came up with the idea of tying parts together by, with Uncle John on camera. I went out to L.A. for 10 days, and we shot a lot of stuff out there. Right. So I had to write a bunch of new scenes to make up for what we lost. But a lot of people, when they write something new, but they lose, they don't, it's not of a piece. You know, it loses coherence and emphasis and Unity, and those are the three things that any good piece of writing or work of art should have. And so, then, then it, then it really did work. You know, it really, right. it was all. Uh, and Rob had some great ideas. Rob and Jamie Lockhart, who's the editor here in Pittsburgh. By that time, the editor, the, Rob's friend, was he had four, stage four cancer, so we lost a lot of time with. Rob didn't want to pull the job away from him, and then eventually I had I just had to take it over and work right. with Jamie here, and you know that's how it got done. So, but say there's something. a lot of stuff in the movie that wasn't originally written for it. Can I, can I say something, uh, John? I got to see the premiere of the movie, and mm -hmm. I'll tell you the thing that that you did with my uncle John as a zombie is that you were able to make Uncle John, like, the fans' uncle, too. Like, we wanted to see Uncle... <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm serious, because, like... It, like That's we probably because, true. But I'm saying it was, it was like, we got people in our family that act like that, and then it's like, we wanted to see Uncle mm -hmm. John get laid. We wanted to see him, so it wasn't like, you know, all this... You know, we were, like, rooting for you, in a sense. So it's like, Uncle John became, like, our uncle, too. Yeah. We, wanted, we wanted to see Uncle John get laid. Well, that... So, yeah, let's get... That has a... That character has that effect you know that's right. what you're hoping for right but uh one of my one of my fraternity brothers that i've you know remained friends with and stayed in touch with all these years uh, don bohatch is his name and he played the boss of the flesh tv station okay 
and he wasn't an actor, but he did a good job there. Right. But Christ, he fell in love with that Uncle John character. It was all he could talk about. And uh, so it, 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 I guess it, I, I now don't argue with it because I've seen it with enough audiences and now I'm comfortable knowing that you they do. You know how everybody loves it. I yeah, loved they it. do get, yeah, I loved it. get in, into that character. Yes, sir. So, so I have a question for you. So when did you know that you wanted to bring comedy and horror together? Uh, well, Return of the Living Dead was comedy, but I didn't write the comedy in it. Dan O'Bannon did that. My script was straight horror. But the the... The I have a script called Tall Kappa Zombie. Uh, you know, all hell week breaks loose in the frat house of the living dead, and it's pretty goddamn funny. Yeah. And I, and I wrote it so that, like, George Romero, Russ Streiner, and I would all be invited to this, uh, uh, to actually a convention on a college campus where where this nutty scientist is bring, remote controlling zombies and everything goes to hell in a right. handbasket. Well, George read it and he said he didn't like it and what are you trying to do, reinvent yourself and and all that, you know, and I got pissed off about it because I'm thinking, <laughs> what do you mean reinvent? And he said, I never cared for that Scream Queen stuff because there's a ditzy Scream Queen in it. Well, I'm lampooning everything. What do you mean you didn't like it? It doesn't matter whether you liked it or not. Right. It was a big deal, you know, with the fans. And they're going to buy into lampooning one of these one of these scream queens and right. so on. So so when the uncle then I wrote the Uncle John thing. And I just, you know, you have to have a certain amount of defiance in this business in any kind of creative business. You you're putting your ass on a line. And you have to have a certain fuck you. I'll show you what I can do. Right. And I will do it. And that's what I said. I will do this. Yes, sir. When we're on stage, I'm the one that makes people laugh. They don't. Right. You know, and I just have that. I used to be horrible at it, you know. I used to push it all off on Russ, like talking to crowds of people. I was, <laughs> I was fine with one-on-one, -on -one, but crowds of people, I just wasn't good at it, you know. Right. And then, but over the years, I learned a lot. And then I, you know, I just found out I'm the one that cracks the jokes. I'm the one that makes people laugh. And God damn it, I will play this character. Yes, sir. You know, and you, even with that, you don't, you still don't know that you're going to pull it off. You know, it's still a leap of faith in your own, in yourself. Well, you did it. To put yourself on the line that way. Yes, and sir. if it well, doesn't it. work, the whole thing falls on its ass. So. That's 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 how I do it. I, I I'm always the one that has the balls, you know. I'm the one that got set on fire with the Molotov right. cocktails. Right. right. I've been a daredevil and a street fighter and everything. Right. That's and, crazy. Uh, right. And so, you know what I like? Like you said, you were the one in, in behind the scenes in the beginning, and it took a little bit of time for you to say, "Hey, I'm the one." You know. Well, I was always, as far as been doing the movie work and all that, I always was super confident about that and pretty damn good at it. But when it came to, um, you know, talking to large groups of people, and the first time I was on a TV, I was on a, it was like a talk show, like like almost like, it was a Pittsburgh show, but it was George Romero and I were on this show with a singer and somebody else. And I was just horrible. And I had to realize, you know, 
I was relating to the audience, and I thought, then I said, no wonder I'm horrible. They don't want to see you relating to the audience. They want to watch the celebrities relating to each other. It's like they're the fly on the wall. You're the one who's having the conversation. You know, so that was one little thing that light bulb that went off in my head way back, and and you know and, and things like that. You just learn, you know. Right. Not everybody learns. Yeah, hey, I'm learning. I'll tell you that right. I'm learning. Bob Wills is going. Oh, hold up, April. You got a Some question. People. We got shout out to Sean. We got a question. Oh. Hold on. Um. My husband loves Return of the Living Dead. Loves. That's his favorite movie. Um, it's our Saturday afternoon uh, lazy movie. Um, do you have any interesting stories from shooting that film? No, because I I I didn't I didn't have anything to do with the shooting of it. You know, I wrote the script and then I wrote the novel. Then eventually I was supposed to direct it and it went through all kinds of stuff. Then I brought Toby Hooper into it, and at one point Frank Sinatra was going to finance it oh, really? with me directing wow. it, and they, you know, he was going to put up three million bucks in 1976. I never knew that. Did you guys yeah, know that? Uh, hey, we, we're getting it. So wow. they brought me That's out right. to see. I knew the people in the Sinatra organization. I didn't right. hadn't met Frank yet, but they just really liked me. You know, wise guys, everybody. So. <laughs> I got asked to join that organization. They said, oh, you're Italian, they like you, you're smart, you know. They know when you know how to keep your mouth shut, too. Right. If, if you, they don't trust you, right. you're not going to get any place. So anyway, so Jilly, Jilly Rizzo and Tony Nino were the two bodyguards. And I was particular friends with Tony, and he ran Jilly's when, when Jilly was on the road with Sinatra, Tony would ran that place and he also booked he booked um, uh, talent in all the major venues in Manhattan and the lounges in Caesars Palace and all that kind of thing so he and Jilly approached Sinatra about it and he should finance this so they brought me out to Las Vegas and put me up in the Sinatra wing and we it was going to be a great weekend everything's going nice i met with sinatra's lawyer mickey rudin mm -hmm. and they um and so they asked me do you want to what night do you want to go to the show and i said well why don't we go to the show on the second night because the first night is the opening night party and that way we'll have two great nights in a row yes sir it's okay so tony and i are having a drink out outside the not far from the theater and people started coming out of the theater and I said Tony something's going on something bad because look at the looks on those people's faces and this tall blonde one had come over and whispered in Tony's ear and what she told him was that Frank's mother was on her way to the opening night party and her plane went down in the mountains oh, oh, man. so she was killed we went up to where the party was supposed to be. We knew there wasn't going to be any party. Frank came in. People were hugging him and this and that. Tony said, I can't introduce you now. I said, I know, Tony. Anyway, he went up in the helicopter looking for the plane. Right. And, the, and, that, and then that deal just went south. Right. 
So eventually we sold the script for a lot of money to Tom Fox and then Fox hired O'Bannon to they said straight horror horror is dead you can't make a horror film it's got to be a comedy well horror is never that. dead yeah that's not i don't believe you that. know if no. you come up with the right idea that. it's never dead i don't believe mm -hmm. that at all i love so, horror that's so dead. uh but that's what they say but you and so they got O'Bannon to rewrite it and, and direct it and that's what happened what did you think how did you feel i, about I, that? I thought it was very good i, I have only ever seen Part one and part two, and I, I liked them both. Yeah. After that, you know, I've only seen a couple Star Wars. It's like been there, yeah. done that. I'm right. Like a crazy right. But we can't fan. forget the uh, that we talked about this. The soundtrack to Return of the Living Dead is like the second best punk rock album of all time. It is so. Great. It is vintage. Absolutely. And well, that was all O'Bannon, but O'Bannon was, you know, he was a nice guy. He was totally paranoid. He had umpteen guns in his house and steel <laughs> plates on the wall and right. all that shit. And he suffered from abdominal trouble his whole life and that's what killed him. Something like that. Wow. Were like, so, How long ago was that? When, when Return he, of the Living Dead? No, when he passed. Oh, I think, I don't know, 10, 12 years? Yeah. I don't know. I was going, hey, John, you know what I was going to ask you? Is if there's anything, and actually I'm actually going to bite off Martis a little bit. If you have the perfect cast for a movie, who would it be? Yeah, that's literally Ooh. what I said on the way up here. Yeah, I got a bite, 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 Uncle John style. <laughs> if you were, if you, if you were, if you, movie, you, were, if you could have the perfect cast, cast, your dream cast for one of your films, who would it be? I don't usually, I don't think about it that way. I mean, I have a property, and then I'm going to get the best actors I can for it. Right. But it, then it, it all depends on the property. Um, but I do like working like Ingmar Bergman. You know, I like the oh, whole, that's fantastic. Uh, the whole uh, ensemble kind of thing, and I do tend to work with a lot of the same people. Once I found out that they can work, right, and can do the job. There we go. So that's the hardest thing, as far as like with a director, is somebody having the work ethic that you have, or what you're looking for is basically what you're saying. Well, is work ethic, uh, uh, work. talent, talent. You know, I mean, when I saw Chuck Corby, for example, um, a friend of mine, Norman Martin, I grew up with, was singing bass with him, and he asked me to shoot some some footage. Uh, they were performing at South Park it's on a weekend with... Right down the road from here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right down the road from here, and... Uh, the the OJs, the, the, the OJs, oh, Chuck Corby, nice. I forget... Anyways, Armin said, "Can will you shoot? We need a demo tape. Will you, will you shoot our performance at South Park?" And I said, "Christ, I don't have a. All I have is my VHS Sears Roebuck VHS camera. I'll shoot, come shoot something." <laughs> so I got up. This isn't exactly what you asked, but it's <laughs> hey, man, I'm listening. <laughs> we like, all listening. So I made a decision to get right up on stage with the band. Because otherwise, the, the stage was elevated and the audience was back about 30, 40 feet, to, you know, and, 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 and it was 90 degree weather. And if I got to figure out some way to get reasonable sound, and I'm hoping that I'm going to get enough sound out of their big speakers, because I'm not, everybody's not mic'd, you know, the way it ought to be done. Yeah. 
and I'll just, I shot for about an hour, you know, just making moves, keeping one eye open so I can see where I'm going to move next and all that stuff. And then Tom Dubinsky and I were editing the fucking lousy movie, <laughs> Children of the Living Dead. Oh, boy. Which I didn't write, direct. I produced <laughs> you talk it about that one a bit, yes. Because I had to. Anyway, right. so we had we had the movie Ola there and everything, so I was able to take this stuff and edit it right there uh, and give it to them for free. Oh. And the sound did work. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a manager, Joe D'Onofrio, in Atlantic City, and they had paid thousands of dollars several times to try to get a demo for Joe that could get them major bookings. Right. And what I shot with my little Sears camera was the first one that Joe approved. Wow. Oh, and wow. you and you said a key word we don't hear anymore, Sears. Yes. Sears. Hey, but that's your yeah. but that's one thing I noticed about you, John, is that you work with what you got. Well, you have to be inventive, you know. Yes, sir. And I can do that in spades, if I have to say that. <laughs> but so can Rob. Rob Lucas is amazingly inventive. Yes. He was a great he was a great dude, great guy. And uh, <laughs> we got done shooting in the park, and he he told me he said to me he said you're you're an amazing problem solver, and so is he. And that's what it is. It's all problems. It's uh, and how to, to solve them. But you can't solve, you can't settle for solving them some rinky-dink way or some less than artistic way. Whatever you change or fix, it has to be of a part of a part of the whole you know and it has to integrate okay and a lot of people just can't do that right so i mean i i keep repeating that but that's what i found out in all my years here my, i mean there's just a lot of hacks <laughs> and some of them are big name hacks <laughs> right <laughs> so so i have a question for you has there been a time where someone was just a real pain in the ass or a diva? Ooh. Mm. And you don't have to say the name if you don't want to, but I just wanted That's to know what deep. that experience would be. Well, yeah, yeah that happens so a let's, lot. Let's take note he's smiling yeah, a lot. Like, so last week. <laughs> a lot, yeah. A lot. Hmm. Okay. And then mostly people don't want to work without kind of person again it happens mm -hmm. a lot <laughs> but then sometimes when you're putting projects together you know the person's a pain in the ass but they have a name and credits and they're going to help they're going to be good in a marketing sense so yeah here we go again sometimes you just got to deal with it yeah. but but isn't that a great platform just so that you can use that opportunity to say okay they know i'm out here now i can go independent so at the, at the same time as you know a fair exchange so they get well, exposure you get exposure and everybody it's a bit it's business right yeah right it's not personal it's business absolutely on that note we're going to take our last break we'll come oh, right sorry. back with that you know that was a great question yeah no we're going to mull that over because jay's going to come back hard with another question for you after this and we'll uh in our conclusion and we got more april and martise action here as well um we'll get back with john russo but we're going to play another tune off your soundtrack uh, what's the next one you think? We already did the lament. What's your favorite? Ooh. I well, if you, I mean, the only one. Uh, oh, I thought you took. No, no, you're still on. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I thought we were breaking. That's it. We'll never work with you well, again. Well, <laughs> one of the Solon songs I really love is mm. uh, what's in the um shit um. He wrote that too. I'm trying to think the oh, name of, of it. Uh, 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 
Sorry, Solon. You better you use to... a lifeline, John. <laughs> get the car. Get the car of that one. What's the name of it? Uh, kill him. Hmm? Kill him. Is it kill him? No, and... no. Where's the, the CD one, yet? So, one it's of the songs one. Solon does. Uh, you know. Yeah, for, his, for, for the fact that he's not here right now, we'll just make them wonder, and we'll announce it after the fact. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> All right, so surprise, folks. This is John's favorite off the soundtrack coming up right now. But, I'm going to get the soundtrack. Yeah. All right, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's as far as far as Solon's music, that's that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Beat him, Burnham. Burnham. Isn't that Beat him, Burnham? Beat him, Burnham. Yeah, I fell in love with that well, song. Well, thank you. I loved it. Yeah, give her the mic when she says that. What did you say just now, April? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. said, "Beat 'em Burnham" is an amazing song. I that that was the song that was on the trailer that I saw for the first time. Right. Um, and I sang it the rest of the day. Excellent. All right, give him back the mic. Great so song. Let him pick his song, and we'll uh, take a quick. Wait, break. I'll get the car. Is the name of the one. <laughs> and then, um, I guess at some point you're going to play the. Um, what uh, the zombie doobie song? Oh, there it, it is! I can't not play that. There so, it is. So, and there, we have a surprise song going on tonight too. Don't, are we That's talking uh, about? No, one of the reviewers, oh, yeah, you know, the guy that. Because uh, we do have two guests in here tonight. So, Jay, what song we're we gonna hear from you later? Oh, uh, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to take nothing away from <laughs> the great, infamous living legend John Russo, but I do have a new single called "The Looking Glass" by John J. Asadi. Tell uh, me real quick where to find it before. Oh, uh, you can find it on all major platforms. You know what I mean? But hey, like I said, back to John Russo. All right. Goodbye. We'll be right back, folks. Thanks for listening to Kettle Whistle doing the pop-off with John Russo. The living legend. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Martise? Come on. Absolutely. You're too quiet, honey. Come I know. On. I don't know. I make some reservations so you know we're going to have that perfect day.
Off with John Russo, and uh, we have to do a um, well, I don't know, a, uh, what do you want to call this? A toast with, yeah, a toast I with mean, the, this is like, oh, I'm sorry, with uh, Uncle John Zombie Brains wine that yes. we got at the premiere, and we knew that eventually we were going to be taping a show with you, so we saved it so we could all try it together. All right, so John, thank you for doing the show with us, absolutely, absolutely, my pleasure, thanks, to absolutely. All of you. And boy, it looks like blood, tastes like caramel. <laughs> it is. It's um. It has a sweet finish, but there's no bad aftertaste. It's just like, yeah. It's but I th- I'd say full bodied and uh, very rich, smooth. but it is smooth. Very. very smooth. John, any thoughts? <laughs> this is your making. Well, they got me the host of Drinking Game in Chicago, and I said, okay, I'll just tell a bunch of jokes and warm everybody up. Okay. <laughs> What, what, what are you talking yeah, to the mic? She's trying, to, I don't she's know. trying to put the microphone closer to you. April inappro- oh, inappropriately okay. touched John's so, mic. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I was plastered when I got on the stage anyway. And I just told a bunch of things like, you know, one of my favorites is Sinatra said that he feels sorry for people that don't drink because when they get up in the morning, that's as good as they're going to feel all day long. Oh, mm. yep. And... Henny Youngman said, when I read about the evils of drinking, I gave up reading. (laughs) That kind of thing. Right. So I have a question for you. What is your your favorite horror movie? Well, I don't know if I have favorites. I mean, I can tell you which one, some that I've liked. Okay. But I always say... People say, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? So that's a kid's question. Like, what's your favorite lollipop? What's your favorite ice cream, you know? What is your favorite ice cream? My favorite lollipop. I don't know. Butterscotch. And what's your favorite ice cream? Uh, I don't know. Uh, It depends on different things at different times. That's right. I agree 100%. uh, Absolutely. 
anyway, um, I mean, the ones that showed me that something really good could be done in the genre were um, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, okay. And love it. In the in the Forbidden Planet, which oh, wasn't. It. Was sci-fi except they had monsters from the id. That was a great scene. Yes, and a great idea that the monsters were in their own brains. Right. So those two, I liked Aliens a lot. I liked the original Halloween. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the original Alien. Right. Aliens. Eh. If I if I were doing it, what I would have done was brought the monster to Earth. Yeah. But I wouldn't have gone that whole other route thing. Right. But. Um, I don't know. Forbidden Planet is a, a, a classic. <clears throat> I love that movie. I hear they're going to redo it. I don't want them to. So, I don't know. We were just talking about that. I was telling John, I said how, you know, like how, you know, I read in a book about making movies, which he has a new book about. John, you were telling me about it. You updated it. Um, You want to tell the fans about your, your book that's compiled? Because I have the older version. Oh, yeah. Um, Jay has Making Movies, which was the first one that yes, I wrote. Yes, sir. And then I wrote one called Scare Tactics, the art, craft, and trade secrets behind writing, producing, and directing chillers and thrillers, which won a national award for um, superior nonfiction, which was kind of a joke because I had that book on contract and with Dell Publishing, and we were doing the remake in 1990 of Night of the Living Dead. Okay. And so I was working on the remake. And when we got done working on the remake, I only had three weeks to write the book. Wow. So I wrote the book in three weeks. <laughs> wow. And it won a national award, wow. which I didn't even know my editor was submitting it. And then and then I wrote one called How to Make and Market Your Own Movie on $10,000 or Less. Right. So those were the three books. And recently I combined them, and Gary Vincent, who runs Burning Ball Publishing, and right. he was in the Uncle John movie and one of the producers. Anyway, I combined, updated the books and combined them in one volume, which is available on Amazon or through Burning Bulb. Yes, sir. And it's called uh, How to Make Exciting Money-Making Movies. And the first 135 pages deal with my writing methods. Okay. And I've gotten a lot of... Um, well, it's like... Okay, how to do an outline, how to convert the outline to a novel, how to convert the outline to a screenplay, mm-hmm. how to convert a novel to a screenplay, how to convert a screenplay to a novel. And I'm fast. I'm really a fast fast writer. And one publisher, the publisher that did published um, Making Your Own Movie on $10,000, President, I wrote that in three weeks too. Because <laughs> they, they dick around and then they all of a sudden they want it tomorrow. Right, know? right. And the president of the company called me up and said, boy, we've published hundreds of authors, and you're not only the fastest author we ever published, but everything you do is first class. So that, that was a great right. compliment that I treasure. Yes, sir. And then when I met, uh, and, and one of the reasons I'm saying this stuff is not to brag, but to encourage you to get this this book yes. if you're an aspiring writer or filmmaker. Because, you know, I was an English teacher. I have a degree in education. Then I got in the film business. So you have a lot of people who can, 
make films but can't teach. Right. And you have teachers that don't have any film credits or not many. Right. And so I combine the two disciplines. Right. And so when Land of the Dead premiere happened and I met Quentin Tarantino for the first time, he said, you're the guy that wrote the books. And I said, which books? Because I've done so many novels and I didn't know what he was talking. Right. He said, the movie making books. So then we were having a drink at the bar later, and he said, you know, he said, I made a movie I didn't finish, and then I read your books, and I took notes and made charts, and that's what guided me through my first complete movie. Right. Well, I used that blurb a lot, you know, promoting myself, because you can't get a better comment than that. Right, right that's right. So I say, you know, anybody out there, I, I, and I researched, and I, you know, I read and studied what everybody else does, and other people's books and other people's courses. So I still think of all of that, mine are the best. So especially for people starting out because uh, like I, Sidney Lumet, I think it was Sidney Lumet come along and he wrote a book called Making Movies. Right. <laughs> well, the thing is they work in a studio system. And what I, I make it accessible, you know, I make that next step, first step to get your foot up on the rung. I make right. it, I make it, uh, I show people the way. And now Sam Raimi learned from me. Right. They did it the same way we did with right. Evil Dead, you know, raise money the same way. Right. Put it together. And a lot of people uh, have learned. Spike Lee right. did it the same way. I saw that in there. You know, so... Mm -hmm. And the Cone Brothers, they all followed in our footsteps. Right. Before that, when we did it, it was a fluke. Right. They said it's a fluke. You know, when the people came along after us, they made like a movie, their own movie on a low budget. And next thing you know, they got six million bucks yeah. to do their next and, movie. Right. Nobody would give us shit. Right. You know. Well, that's, we that's, had, George Romero and I both had to make our next several films on budgets that were actually lower than Night of the Living Dead because Night of the Living Dead people were ready to volunteer and help you know but once you have a success they think well you don't need my money you're rich right meantime we're getting cheated out of all the money right so we didn't we didn't need their money right <laughs> we weren't getting it and I think that's why like me like I look to that for that inspiration because like I'm an independent artist myself mm -hmm. music obviously you know want to get down to films later down the road but it's like you know i love hearing the stories of the guy that like you said get that fucking attitude to go for keep pushing and you know like you're you're you know i mean you're the pinnacle of that you know well nowadays it's it's laughably easy you know when we did it you had to have at least 100 150,000 bucks to make a film you had to shoot 35 millimeter you had to have editing equipment and lighting equipment and all that now you can be in business overnight on five grand all you need is a computer and a digital camera right and people are doing it all over the country yeah i see it but for so guys there's like, no excuse if you want to do it do it right but, but for guys like first. you i'm in the same boat you are like i'm not comfortable as far as being i like to make my music put it out there and then you know like you said i'm not one of those guys that likes to play the camera or you know be in the limelight but you know so Mm -hmm. I took your advice when I have to start, you know, fuck it. <laughs> Get there. So I have another question for you. 
So with all of the zombie TV shows that are out there now, mm -hmm. you know, The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, The Kingdom Passages, do you, do you think that there's the people, that Hollywood is overdoing zombies? No, they'll find out when they're overdoing it when people stop paying. Right. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, they obviously took off, took after us. George despised them. I met those people years ago when they were selling their comic books. And their first comics were basically Night of the Living Dead. Right. They, they, it was a total plaisurism. Uh -huh. Right, right. And, yeah, uh, you guys invented the first so flesh-eating zombie. For that reason, I don't let it bother me that much, you know. But uh, recently, I was part of a... I, I was a, an advisor on a plagiarism suit against them. And they ripped off a certain person. And... Uh, He's not allowed to talk about it. He, they ended up settling the suit for I don't know how much money because they're not allowed to talk. But they said if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have been able to settle it. And I had to advise them about it. I had to inspect. I had to watch the whole second season of that shit. <laughs> wow. And I had to make notes and I had to, you know, analyze everything. Right. And I, before that, I had only ever seen one show. Right. And I had to watch that because there was a, uh, a professor, a psychology professor, Travis Langley, and he's got a franchise going. He he wrote uh, the psychology behind Batman, the psychology behind Star Wars. Wow, yeah. He was doing the psychology behind uh, character. Uh, The Walking Dead, and he got in touch with me and asked me to write a foreword for it, and which I did, but I had to write the forward I had to watch the show <laughs> so that was the only show and it was the first one and it was the only one I had ever seen and then I had to watch the whole goddamn season of <laughs> Fear of the Walking Dead to do this thing and they paid me very well right okay and they won the suit and, and that's the thing like I like it's like now I feel like I betrayed you because like I, I actually do enjoy, enjoy the shows but I do identify that they do you know, take mm -hmm. from the night of living dead. So I think that's why I appreciate the show. I, I just think that they should give a little bit more credit to the originators. Well, the I have my OGs. new book, newest book published, is Epidemic of the Living Dead, and it's yes, getting great reviews all all over the place. And that's I want to do that as a feature movie on a TV series. And you know, there's still a lot more juice in that whole phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Fear uh, Walking Dead needs a a competitor. Right. And at least if it comes from me, it's coming from the original. Yeah. You hey, know. I'm going to applaud uh, that real quick. So, <laughs> yeah. I got, I some, have I got some, some music for I you, I have too. some right. some some nice, uh, solid interest in that from some pretty well, famous people, but I can't talk about it right now. Okay. John is influenced by music quite a bit. And I, I, wanted, I wanted you to tell them your, your Kirk Hammett story. He invited you to go see Metallica real up close and personal. The Metallica, when Kirk Hammett had his uh, viewing of all his artwork. Metallica was Rob's favorite band from when he was really young. And I didn't know much about him. I'd see Metallica on people's cars and this and that and that. And I was friends with Guar already. Guar. You went to the Guar barbecue. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, okay. And... Uh, and the thing is, I think they all play too loud. <laughs> <laughs> but their musicianship is fabulous. Yes, you can't deny it. So, um, 
Rob Kirk Hammett was uh, well. Metallica was having the Orion Festival in Detro Detroit, Bell Island in Detroit, and so uh, Rob got me into the show as a guest. And but but by that time, um, they didn't really have a table for me. But Savini wasn't coming in till Saturday, so Friday I was going to have his table. But then they liked the what I was doing, and they liked the way I related to them and their fans and everything. Right. And this girl they called Spooky, can't think of her name, beautiful girl. And uh, she was like the event manager in Kirk Hammett's tent. When I say tent, it's like a palace almost. Right. You know, and, I mean, that, they had over 100,000 people that weekend, and 45,000 came through Kirk's tent. Wow. So it was a real... I like seeing how they run these things, you know, being behind the scenes, you right. know, and being able to do everything from the sound checks all the way through. And right. I mean, I was, I was thrilled to be there. And they spooky said, well, John totally deserves to be here. And they made a special place for me. So I got to be there the whole weekend. Good. Well, Kirk was a huge fan of you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kirk, yeah, he has a, um, a horror collection worth millions and millions of dollars. And so his tent displayed that collection. And he has a book awesome. called, too much horror business about his collection and so on. So I gave him a Night of the Living Dead script signed by me and George Romero, and he gave wow. me a signed copy of his book. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, we just we just got along really well. And and um, when when the show wrapped up, when I got back to Pittsburgh, I said I sent an email to to Mark Paschke, that he was at the time Kirk's right hand man, right. and uh, I said, "Well, not, now that the smoke is clearing, I want to just thank all of you for everything." And he emails back, "Thank us? No, thank you. You're one of our favorites now, and you're going to be invited to everything we do." That's right. Nice. Fine with me. That's right. Fantastic. So cool. You know. Yes. So. Then I got invited to the show in San Francisco. He calls him Kirk Von Von Hammett's Fear Fest Evil. Right. Yep. So, the one in San Francisco. It's actually where I met the guy that that, that I ended up doing that the, uh, testimony for for the plagiarism. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. And I didn't know this was going to happen, right. you know. But he said you were so nice to me, and I have this thing where I'm going to sue you know the walking dead people right and i'd like you to be my consultant you know and my that's how that happened right so um i don't know what else, what else no that, that that's a, i'm already breathless <laughs> i'm like listen i'm like i got listen i, I know i've been asking you probably a lot of questions but I'm, it's an opportunity i'm gonna take full advantage of so i got one last question this is jsi asking one last question i'll oh, be quiet go for it man all right why john russo the living legend the the creator of Night of the Living Dead with George Romero and all that. Why will horror never die? Tell him. I like that. Well, I didn't say that it wouldn't. Well, I don't think it ever would. Tell him why. Why there's a lot of juice well, left in it? Well, I mean, pe people like like the, the thrills and the 
and the explorations of, you know you can you can write about any theme or any important subject in the and, and use the horror genre for that purpose. You can explore anything right. through through that, uh, um, you know, that microcosm. And and so, uh, I guess from the time people were sitting around those campfires telling scary stories, mm-hmm. uh, and for as long as there are human beings, people are going to be. You know, like to hear to experience the thrills and the shudder a little bit and That's all right. that, and so probably go probably will go on yes, as sir. long as there are human beings. Yes, People love to be scared. Exactly. Right. Huh? I yeah. love There's to be scared. I love love to be scared. Ah! <laughs> he totally. <laughs> that was. Hey, me. I was like, I was just John Russo just up. scared That's April. Up. We got a little live Uncle John up in here. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about my uncle John as a zombie, and how do we find it? How do how do people? Uh, what's going on in Europe well, right now? Uh, you blogs. Know, it, it is it being uh, uh, sold at all the different film markets. I don't know how soon DVDs will be available, but when they work, when the distributor finishes working all the other markets, then they'll bring it out on DVD. And I, when they get back from some of these markets, then I'll try to find out. You know when if there's if they know what the schedule is. I already right. tried to find out a couple of times, and they before the market started, and they said it's too early to know yet. I'm looking at you, and I'd like to chomp into you. You know, you got some nice, soft, chubby cheeks. And somehow I believe you're not kidding about that.
we want to talk about? Um, I showed you your, your movie, the, Mar- the the Majorettes is on Tubi, T U B I. Do we want to talk about that? Let them know it's on there, or is that something nah, I should? Just... I don't care about it. So I mean, it, it's a decent movie, and it, I didn't know. But it they was could see some Tubi or where it is. It's like many things. Once the movie was made, I get no reports. I get no statements. I certainly get no checks. The Majorettes are on Tubi for free. How do you feel about that? Or is that something? I mean. Well, you have to have a thick skin in this business, and your skin has to get thicker and thicker because it's full of thieves and pirates and people that don't live up to terms of contract. They know that they have an army of lawyers, and you don't for the most part. So they can do whatever they want. And, you know, if you sue them, so what? And a lot of them make a practice of as soon as they get sued and and stand to lose anything, they just fold that company and start another one. That's what I was curious about. Okay. Okay. Well, I was afraid to show it to you. I didn't know if you no, knew about it care. and your stuff's out there. Night of the no, Living Dead's on there, too. You don't have to be afraid. You didn't yeah. do it. No, no, hey, unless listen. they're paying you. No, I was afraid of you <laughs> getting mad that it was on there. No. <laughs> now, listen, that's what, and that's what we got to emphasize on this show is that we got to support you know, the indie artists, indie and, artists. and John yes. Russo's and the guys like that. You know, these bloodsuckers have been making money way too long. Yeah. And you know what? Go out on Amazon, like he said, or go on, what did you say the name of the company was? Bulb? Like, I'm sorry. Burning Bulb Publishing. Burning Bulb. Get the man his checks. Like he said, he don't, they take his stuff, they don't give him his checks, you know. Mm-hmm. Get out there and get the, you know, give him, give him his just due, man. Yeah, Burning Bulb was good for us. That's uh, me and him. But uh, yeah, it's was a criterion that you're, it, you're under with Night of the Living Dead. That's a yeah, criterion. Yeah. The... If you buy Night of the Living Dead, get the Criterium edition, right. correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Criterion. Right. Criterion. Yeah, because there was a uh, several editions. Mm-hmm. You you announced that at the show at the Hollywood Theater that we saw a while ago. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but, it's uh, the same thing as you know in the fifties and sixties, and most musicians have gotten ripped off forever. Sam Cooke. Oh my goodness! You know, yes. The, 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 their attitude is, well, you're, you know, let's put these young kids up on the stage, and they'll get their moment of glory, and they'll get laid, and. All yeah. that kind of stuff, and that's what they're interested in. Right. We're the ones interested in the money. Right. Money means nothing to them, so it's a fair deal. If right. they, they get the celebrity status, and we get the money. Right. How fair? How can anything be more fair than that? Right. <laughs> Cheating you out of the money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm listening. Like I'm like I said, because like he said, it's all about who you know and stuff like that. And if you don't know those guys, you're you know you're out. See, here, I'm, my motto back. when I when I work with people, my motto is. That if suppose I ask ask somebody to uh, suppose I'm going to do something on spec, and I ask somebody, you want to come in on this or not? Well, then I'm coming in on the same basis they are. I my motto is it either works for everybody or it works for nobody. Right. Their motto is it's great if it works for me and fuck everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, we know. I mean, really. <laughs> and that's how most people. Yeah. Do work. Hey, first law of nature is uh, self-preservation. And That's I guess why you got one percent of the people that have all the money, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're proud of themselves yeah, for it. Proud of it, you know. <laughs> and they think like, why don't they want everybody to have health care? Hey, I got mine. I'm smart. I'm superior to you. Right. And if you don't have yours, go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> That's their like, whole attitude. And, and, and at what point did someone just go? Nah, you're poor. You can die. Like, and that's what... That's ha- basically the attitude. Right, and they don't care. No, they don't. That's, that's when they started... Well, it's worse than that. They aggrandize themselves because 
they're supposedly successful, never mind that they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or right. they got lucky or they got support from somebody. Lori Lachlan, huh? Who whatever. Oh, my what? God. Who now said wait, that? Jay, that was my first girlfriend. <laughs> what are you that? doing? <laughs> I know. I was so, dude. What a letdown. Well, wait. in the 1700s, or it would have, they would have been... Uh, they would have been uh, taken yeah. to the guillotine. Yeah, yeah right. that's right. Liberia, you know, they had, uh, there was a hundred, this was probably back in the 70s. Okay. They dragged about 167 of, of the bastards out and tied them to a chain link fence and machine gunned them. Well, like I said. And, and I'm not necessarily no, I, I advocating just, that, but I, if things saying, get bad enough right, and people get fed up enough. If we held politicians to the standard that they should be held to oh. and say, if these are the promises that you make and you go back on those promises, mm. then that's what happens. I mean, I used to have I used to half jokingly say, you know. That they should. Well, first of all, we need term limits because then the bastards might do something for the country. A hundred percent. Right. But Absolutely. Then I had an idea one time that they're after their four-year term, they should get their reward, hmm. and their reward can range every in anywhere from a million-dollar bonus to death by firing squad. That's right. No, because because you are actually right. Because and I, I have like four different levels. Hey, he's not done yet. <laughs> I want to end it with one thing. That's an after show, though. That is the part. I'm, I'm just going to throw it you out. You already drove April out of the room. <laughs> I did, maybe. I'm going with Russo 2020. That's oh. right. Russo 2020. I, I'm just saying. I, I, listen, I got your campaign music. I'm telling you, I keep Oh, I have a book called Trump's Up. Uh -oh. right. Yes, okay. he does. Yes, okay. he does. If you're interested. That's John, right. yeah. Well, I, you know, we worked on tons of political campaigns, national and local, mm -hmm. all through the years. And uh, a lot of people don't know that. But those are, you know, I have some pretty good credentials to write such a book. And I do. It's Anyway, I just wanted to do something. Whatever I could, you right. Right. You, you, you definitely know. did. Well, let, let me tell you <clears> something. And, I'm, 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 and like I said, you know, it's Jay Asadi once again. And I, I read the book, and I believe in this man, and I believe that a man that can make people eat ham covered in chocolate can make people eat anything, <laughs> make people do anything. So I just want to say big ups to John Russo. Well yeah. said, well said, well said. And I'm back with more yeah. brain juice. That's right. <laughs> we go, Uncle I, John's brain juice. That's right. Do we comment that April is enjoying this wine? April is really April likes the wine. That's John, right. John. It is, it is wonderful. Juice. John, how do, how, do they, how do they get this wine? Uh, well, uh, you can you can order the wine on my uncle John is a zombie dot com or the Shields Winery. There you go. It's in some little town called I, I want to say Stag, PA, or it's not that far from here, about forty miles. But anyway, uh, the Shields Winery and Alex Shields plays the Munch character in the oh, movie. Oh, okay, right. Okay. And his awesome. family—they're all extras in the movie, right? Okay. And they oh, decided cool. there should be. A wine, <laughs> right? Very cool. And, and ladies, the commercial for the wine is on the website too, and it's in the movie. And yes. ladies, make sure you get some wine. Single ladies, if you're, you know, make sure Uncle John hit him up. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Uncle John like it. You know what I mean? You know, get your bottle of wine, single ladies, and hit up Uncle John. You guys know this guy is never without the ladies at his table. That's right. Though. No, listen. There's I've always seen a line of ladies at I his saw, table. I saw the premiere. I've seen it. Yes. I've seen it. Absolutely. I am not exaggerating. That's They're not, not there for me. They're there for you to sign your books, not mine. That's it. But you can find all your books now are on burningballpublishing.com, correct? And not all of them, but quite a few. A good amount. At least 20. 18 <laughs> did i miss a few uh but no, yeah so no, what's what now books. you say you're always i asked you before they got here mm -hmm. you're always writing can you give us a little idea what you're writing without telling too much well i just finished uh I've, i have a couple finished novels and my publisher's trying to make up their mind what they want to do next okay one of them's called channel 666 which I think is a great title. That wasn't that the short story from Burning Bulb. In there was a the short big, story. The called big book that, of Bizarro. But, sure, that was. All, I'm honored. But this is a complete novel. Yeah. Awesome. Did Gary approach you and say, "Hey, can you develop this into?" Well, he knows that. You know, if the publisher Kensington Books doesn't do it, then maybe Gary will do hey, it. Awesome, because that's I, a fantastic it, it's, story. It's, it's it should be a movie too. I right. agree. Right. I agree. Uh, hey, if John Russo said it should be a movie, <laughs> make it a movie. <laughs> Like I said, he'll make you eat ham with chocolate covered. You know what I mean? Make it a movie. <laughs> That's his next book. What are you talking about? Uh, is this where we plug where we, you can find everybody in the room here? Uh, or I'm sure, Martise, you haven't said enough. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking everything in. This is just amazing. Yeah, but we need your voice on the okay, airwaves here. So um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Martise M. Like me on Facebook, the pop off with Martise. And the pop off is on every platform now. Finally got on Spotify and. In order to find me on Spotify, you got to search my name, M-A-R-T-I-S-S-E. For some reason, you can't find it by the pop-off. But iTunes, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all that fun stuff. Absolutely. I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter. Find us at Facebook. Go to society-13.com for we all. We always forget the dash. All the, always that we forget the dash. Every to get time. the pop-off, get the kettle whistle radio, and, of course, um, our girls, NC. Queens of NC-17. Queens of NC-17. Yes. And April, where do they find you? Usually where you find Martise, you'll find me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Jay, Jay, well, come hey, on now. listen, you know, I'm really, really starting to develop, I guess. Um, you know, so you can find me on Instagram, the, D-A underscore fallen, F-A-L-L-E-N underscore angel, A-N-G-E-L 100. Uh, I didn't say I did spelling bees. Um, Twitter is J A Asadi twenty. I think that's correct. Underscore is there an underscore? I don't no. know. I don't know. Just Google me, man. I mean, you know, my music's out there. It's on every platform. I um, also have a Facebook fan page for him. Oh yeah, she does too. Um, there was a fan page. Jay I also have T-shirts. I'm gonna be getting sweatshirts. So please find me. The music's fantastic. You're gonna hear a smidgen at the end of the show too. I put I put some I put some I put some pain in there. You know, I, I talk about lyrics, man. Like I said, you know, John talking about what you write, putting it out there. That's what I do with my music. So you know, you're, yeah, John, you're the reason. Again, another indie artist is born right now. So yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, you're you're carrying the torch for everybody. Yeah, really. man, absolutely. But as for you now, how do how do we find John Russo? Well, how my website's johnrussoentertainment.com, okay. or my uncle John is a zombie.com. There you go. All That's right. about it. And guys, buy the stuff. Support the indie artists. And honestly, when you buy the stuff, it helps us create more stuff. So, And go to, of course, FairlyDarkProductions.com for all the Kettle Whistle Radio episodes. And uh, I'm going to live. I'm, I'm gonna give Martise and Jay the final say tonight. April can chime in at some point, too. Um, well, Jay has his podcast coming out soon. 
that'll be coming out on the Society 13 network. Yes, that will be, but, you know, like I said, that's going to be in the works, but we're here with John Russo, so what do you right. got to say? I, don't worry about me right now. I'm saying with John Russo. That I have a last question. Really, you're done? Yeah. Wow. I think you I, blew I us away, John. We got I nothing. I got everything that I uh, Well, my, like I said, I mean, if you really want a last question, you know me. I mean, you know, I can. Go, I, Jay. I, I, okay, me? Oh, okay. So, John, now that we know that you're making movies every couple of years, what can we expect from John Russo in the future outside of the books? Ooh. We're not done with John Russo. So well, what? like I say, I, I don't I don't really know. I have the Epidemic of the Living Dead project right. out there. And I want to do the um, Channel 666 as a movie. Hollywood. But you don't, you know, whatever gets financed, that's what pops to the surface. Uh, all right, then. Yes, sir. So I don't have anything like that's going to start shooting next week. Right. You know. But basically, you're just, One thing you I'm considering right now, let's see what you guys think of it. I told Dave about it. I'm thinking about, you know, I've done a lot of seminars and workshops and lectures at major universities and all that about movie making and writing and I'm right. thinking of doing a writing Clareton Park where we shot a lot of yes. My Uncle John is a Zombie oh, yeah. this is a great I'm, idea I'm thinking Guys, of uh, great idea get on board having a, a writing and filmmaking workshop and picnic man you have that I'm out there 100% like, like, I'm out there you know the fans always want to drink and hobnob and laugh yeah. with the celebrities and they don't get to do it a whole lot but, yeah. if, but if you had like Let's say Saturday was all the learning experience, and right. then Sunday was the hot dogs and the beer and whatever. Yeah, Clarendon Park. I'm right thinking. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking people got, might go for that let's idea. Go. You let's see, go. we're already on board. I didn't know you wanted to talk about that. I would have brought it up earlier. Well, That's fantastic because it's a great idea to get the fans and everybody yeah. together. A paid mm -hmm. a paid event or what, how do you want to do? Well, like, I'm thinking to keep. Keep the price low. You know, yeah. people want to learn, but they don't need to pay a, a lot. Maybe as low as a hundred bucks, and they yeah. get a lot of learning. You know, bucks, then they get the picnic. Sure There's a lot of good hotels around for Absolutely. close yeah. by for people that. Make it like and the park's a great things. place too. And the people it has that a huge I like, I like Woods. Jay, I like Woodstock. That's a good idea. Yeah, Russo stock. <laughs> John stock. How does that work? Uh, I, I think it's a great I, idea. I like Russo stock. Russo stock. Yeah, Russo stock. Russo <laughs> stock. Zombie stock. <laughs> Zombie. All right. Zombie stock. There it is. All right. Well, yeah. LLC that. <laughs> Zombie okay. stock. There John, it it's a great idea. And there you go. You sold it. Vision. Tom Savini. Shout out. I read the book. Zombie stock. I'm getting my t-shirt made. John Russo. <laughs> Zombie stock. Let's get it. All right, it's not set in stone, folks, but it might happen. April, yeah. you want to say goodnight to everybody? If they're uh, blood, yeah, good night, everybody. Um, also, John, I would just like to thank you for hanging out with us this afternoon. You're always a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's pleasure. it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Um, so, yeah, yeah, thank you, uh, Melissa. I'm honored. I'm honored. Yes, I'm honored. fantastic. Great show, folks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. You know where to find John Russo now. Rigby. <laughs> That's right. Oh, one more time, please. Sleeping yes. alone with her dildo at night. Yes. Something ain't right. <laughs> Father McKenzie. <laughs> Holding the altar boys a little too tight. All through the night. All the horny people. Oh, man. Hey, listen, I'm so glad the FFC or whatever they call it. FCC. FCC, whatever. Fuck them. 
Uh, they can't control this, so, you know, we got mm. an honorary John Russo singing one of his great classic songs, making us one of his honorary yes. drinking buddies, so I feel honored. Absolutely, absolutely. Honorary. All right. <laughs> we can, how do we follow that? Oh, yeah, we with a Jay Asadi song, maybe. Yeah, Looking, oh, yeah. looking Glass, <laughs> please, man. I, I talked about my life on her, please. We're going out with Looking Glass. That's it. That's right. Should we mix him in a little bit? That's right. Definitely. Thanks Absolutely, for listening, guys. Man. That was awesome. Success. <laughs> My mother sealed her fate as the devil smiled. Sadly gave her soul away while the devil ground. Had a baby born in hell, he was an only child. Devil beat the baby bad, hear the baby cry. Sadly years will slip away, the devil's getting older. See his reign is almost done, the angels coming for you. What you thought you'd get away, them scriptures try to warn you Fail to practice what you preach, so as hell I show you I'm back in black, my revelation, Armageddon is coming My mother wants to play her games, well let me tell you something Mama, been through fucking hell and back, that woman's score means nothing With your text and chain letters, that don't change my judgment Mother, oh that's right, you think you say the devil gives you comfort That devil also pimps you too, he don't respect no one Yeah, you learn to play both sides when I tried to help you my arm grew, she needed help You're so fucking selfish Acting like you so confused That Sandy loves the devil Why? Linda loves to play her close He's such a jealous fella Says he loves to play with Matt Willis going at him Watch me show the whole world It's black life don't matter No, no. Denzel did his thing He played his role Played them fences Riola would've killed his ass If she was in those trenches Closest neighbor felt those hits, but ain't nobody help him. It takes a village to raise a child, but everybody's selfish. My mother sealed her fate as the devil smiles. And gave her soul away while the devil cried. Had a baby born in hell, he was an old child. Baby, devil mean the baby bad. Hear the baby cry. And the years will slip away, the devil's getting Scriptures try to warn you, warn you. Fail to practice what you preach. So as hell, I show you. Wanna see my demons? Here's my looking glass. Trying to kill my demons, they're trying to kill me back. Running towards my freedom, they're trying to hold me back. Running, they quickly throw their stones. It's time I throw them back. From that old switch, still see the swings, but still won't flinch. I feel the pain, but still won't bitch. They train me well, but still won't snitch. Some nights I cry, one days I lie. That ass was wrong, I say I'm fine. Wore the symbols and the signs, was always drunk to drown my mind. Now I'm on that hammer time. You touch my kids or one my loves. Nieces, nephews, friends on drugs. Aunties, uncles on my blood. With all my faith in mask and gloves. I'll hunt you down, I'll cut your nuts. The money talks and God, I trust. I'll pay that price, I'll get you touched. My mother sealed her fate as the devil smiles. Sadly gave her soul away while the devil cried. Had a baby born in hell, he was an old child. Baby, devil mean the baby bad. Hear the baby cry. Sadly years will slip away, the devil's getting older. See his 
rain is almost done, the angels coming for you. Over what you thought you get away, them scriptures try to warn you. Warn you, fail to practice what you preach. So as hell, I show you. Wanna see my demons? Here's my looking glass. Trying to kill my demons, they're trying to kill me back. Running towards my freedom, they're trying to hold me back. Make quick to do they stone. It's time I throw them back. One day she'll bow, she earned a halo in the clouds My Uncle Sonny, I'll make him proud My Auntie Vonnie, safe and sound Don't you worry, don't you cry Bear your pain, just dry your eyes Share your shame, just no more secrets No more scriptures, no more lies Time to let those eagles fly To live those dreams, to stop your cry Nightmares daddy caused that night To finally sleep, to live our life To finally got my children right To be the man that people like To actually tell a joke too, to crack a smile, that might be nice But that's just TV, that's not life Look within, you find your crime I'll spit my gospels on the mic It's all I know and I'll do it next With all my lessons from my life I bet it all, I know that's right Despite they wrong, despite they try The fact remains, I still survive My mother sealed her fate As the devil smiles And they gave the soul away Why the devil Scriptures try to warn you, warn you, fail to practice what you preach. So as hell, I show you. Anima, I Ruth, I promised you. I told you, I put bounce in the song just like I promised. I'm Vonnie, I'm the Sunny, my cousins, I love y'all. You already know what it is. Bryson, Holden, Gabriel, let's go. <laughs> Oh,
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. 